Have you ever considered that the truest form of beauty lies not in the reflection of the mirror, but in the depths of the soul? Our latest journey, we unravel the intimate relationship between embracing one's self-identity and the quest for spirituality. With our esteemed guests, we delve into the complexities of aligning our innermost desires with the stark reality of our authentic selves, despite the relentless allure of outward appearances. This episode is a clarion call to those seeking to maintain purity in their thoughts, actions, and words while we navigate the grace that acknowledges our imperfections. We highlight the undeniable power of consent and the right to assert no, champion the importance of boundaries in a world that sometimes forgets their value. Creatures look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. We are often reminded that your love, your compassion, including your sin and inequity, are not a third-person narrative. They don't come from the outside in. They come from the inside out. So everything you've been given is given to you as a blessing, as a gift, something to be thankful for, or something that you can utilize to create a sense of spiritual sustainment. How many of us look at the entities that we have? We deny ourselves of who we are created to be, or we don't like the things that we possess, or who we are, and then it becomes an inequity, a burden as we tempt the walk of this earth bearing in our shackles and chains, proclaiming and confessing the sin or inequity that weighs us down. Well, you can't change who you are. You can upgrade, you can modify, you can get a different pair of clothes, a new pair of shoes, attend a new church, change denominations. You can even put on some red lipstick and look mighty fancy while you're doing it, but it isn't going to change the person on the inside, heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit. The heart wants what it wants, and we've heard it like that before, so I think that testament is true. Have you ever heard, home is where the heart is? It's more than an emotion, a demographic, a feeling, or a sanction. We create our homes, lives, bodies, fulfillment of every season so we can enjoy this gift that was given to us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16, we are reminded, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Within that realm, we bank on the solid foundation of certainty. We believe in him. He return. He believes in us. It's denial of who you are. And when your wants and needs go outside of the form of reality to where you're not capable of living or embracing that life no more, it makes it an inequity. I used to tell individuals, how do you deal with idolatry? How are you doing with idolatry? Being Both being possessive in the sense of substance, you actively practice them or believe in them. They're looking at me like, geez, I think this is an extreme. And I said, well, let's think about it. It's almost impossible. It's and it's not that I don't believe, but I said, imagine living in this world of being pure, the type of pureness to where you're pure in thought, word, and deed, and to where you hear and see what you think and what you speak. They're looking at me like, are you serious? Like nobody in the world that's got that type of control. Job twenty-eight twenty-four. for he looks to the end of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. In your darkest moment, he's still with you. But yeah, but yet, if it gets taken too far, we forget it. It don't matter what you are thinking or what you see, as long as your actions speak louder than words, you're practicing what you're preaching, and you're preaching what you're practicing. Because of him, through his blood, we are forgiven, redeemed, released from the sin and death that has kept us captive. Condemnation never comes from the outside. It comes from the inside. 
the third person narrative that was referenced earlier, it requires acknowledgement from others, which could be considered as doubt. Do you believe in Christ? Do we need to realize the potential of yes and be capable of saying no? Did you hear God say no? He is no longer pleased with his creation. And did you hear Christ say yes, you are forgiven, you are redeemed? We've gotten to a point in society to where no is no longer an acceptable form of consent. But what does that mean? What are, what are you opening the door to in your life? Right, think about it. What type of decisions are you making on others? If you only make decisions on yourself, you'll never have anything to worry about. If you make decisions on your fellow brothers and sisters, you're opening the door, you're welcoming them into the life to make decisions on you. The stone that you're casting will be the same stone that is returned to you. It's your stone. It started with you. It'll be returned to you. And I think we go to the sense of dust, returning to dust. We started from dust, will be returned to dust. So it takes form. Listen to what the Bible says, Ezekiel eleven nineteen, And I will give them one heart, a new spirit. I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Sounds like the hardened heart scenario. Truly, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but it's an eye for an eye of treating others the way you want to be treated. Whether or not your heart is hardened is completely up to you. Think about what I'm seeing. In no way, shape, or form do you need to open the door to condemnation. I was once blind, but now I see. Open the door to greatness, to holiness, to being sanctified, to being glorified. Think of glorification, the process of seeing it from birth to afterlife. Be a reminder that you truly confess you believe in afterlife because you actively participate in it. While some of us, we don't. We don't even have a clue. We don't even know where our existence is. Some of us are just sitting here as we patiently think along the lines of we're waiting for him to graciously come into our lives and start blessing us, to receive us, to redeem us. He isn't waiting on us. We're waiting on him. It's still within his time, not our time. Be still, my soul becomes very relevant, yet seek and ye shall find is where our feet meet the road in a sense of practicality. You don't have to wait for him. Seeking, he shall find. And he shall find you in thought, in theory, in reason, and in deed, and practicality in a sense of competence and means, your actual discipline of degrees, the laboring of the hands that you embrace in this world. Encourage, I encourage you to open the door. I encourage you to take that leap of faith. It's never too late to be born again, to turn over a new leaf. Regardless of the decisions you made, he is the same past, present, future, and will be the same as it is in the end, as it will be in the beginning. Well, that sounds a little bit backwards. Can we try? As it is in the beginning, as it'll be in the end, vice versa. He doesn't change. I am the way, the truth, the life. Regardless of what happens from the outside looking in, and from the inside shining out, make it luminous. I'm going to lighten this world. Remember, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I like to be blessed. I like to be sanctified. I like to be glorified. Then I'm telling you, if I open the door and the results aren't favorable for me, don't be afraid to shut the door. Don't be afraid to say no. What do you mean? How could that be? There's individuals that undoubtedly force themselves on you. And if you're a believer and you take your own testament with you, the devotion, the walking path, the sandals on your feet as you tread through the sand of life, if you would, remind you that you're never alone, that he's truly with you. I don't think you have anything to worry about. But life is not up for discussion, nor does it require acknowledgement from society, your fellow brothers and sisters. But you've got to be clear, stern, and decisive, cut clean and dry. Hallelujah, forgiven, confession, forgiveness, repentance. It sounds like it's between you and God. 
Is there anything I can do for you? Let me know. Well, I apologize. I get it. You don't believe in Christ. Because if you did believe in Christ, he's already won the battle. The war is over. He's already won every war. So you don't have anything to worry about. But some of us, what we have to offer, there ain't nobody in the world that's going to be interested in it, even if we did have something to offer. If they can't accept no for an answer, that's between them and Christ. Remember our very well mindset sense of reality. There's nobody in the world that can make any decisions on you in any way, shape, or form. They cannot prevent God and Christ from being in your life in every facet or every twist or turn. Ultimately, it's not their decisions. It's not their life. They're just not capable, nor are they competent. Illegally is not allowed. And by the way, who's the one telling you that your religion, your degree, your discipline, your level of competence, substance, means are not relevant to you or to him? Are you looking for some sense of consent here? Why do you live the way that you live? Because I believe in it and it works for me. In some godly blessed way, he acknowledges my wants and needs, so I'm finding a sense of sustainment in him. Blessed, redeemed, putting it in his hands where it belongs. Don't forget about the value of rest. Palms 3, 5. I lay down and I slept. I woke again. For the Lord sustained me. He delivered me. A good night's rest is the ability to be capable of being born again and having a sense of delivered. How often have you witnessed yourself falling asleep in the truth of this world where it's very rare that you come across an occasion where you find somebody else in that particular scenario other than them finding God in Christ? And why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because it works for somebody else? And I find that population percentages seem to be the more likely outcome of me having success eternally? I doubt it. He provides the road to success. You don't have to worry about the 1% variables. You don't have to worry about somebody else saying no. You don't have to worry about what's standing on the other side of that door. And whether or not you're looking down or whether you're looking up, don't forget that God is love and the purest form of love that we have is consent for one another. Yes means yes and no means no. We don't need to kick the door down to holiness. We need to be capable of shutting the wrong door and opening the right door. We need to be capable of saying goodbye. When you enter into a new relationship, a new venue, when you walk into a new life, drop the baggage, leave it at the door, saying goodbye to the sin, the wickedness, and death, embracing the fresh start where you truly seek eternity. You don't need to carry around the sorrow, the agony, the oppression of hurt, pain, suffering, loss, because you've got Christ. So see if you can survive by only making decisions on self, good or bad humor, because the moment you're making decisions on God's creation, I promise you, you're already dead. Thank you so very much for listening to the continued support. The listening and the continued support, I'm in need of economic means to be capable of continuing to provide this service. I'm praying that God can bless me with favor, generosity, prosperity. Your donations can be accepted at PayPal, utilizing the email jessjiraki99 at outlook.com. You can also find information in the description. Thank you. I hope that your day may be blessed in every way. Have a very good life.